the basketball team, a Final Four type team, is it in their best interest to play out this SEC tournament, Kevin, and win? You know, the reality is I think if Alabama wins on Friday against the winner of Mississippi State and Florida, I think Alabama will lock up that number one seed uh, in the South region, and that's the goal. Alabama wants to play the first two rounds at Legacy Arena in Birmingham, move to the KMC, uh, KFC Yum Center in Louisville uh, for the South region, and then hopefully on to NRG Stadium in Houston, Texas for the Final Four. It's always great. Alabama would love to win their eighth SEC uh, tournament championship. You always like to have momentum. But it's not a must. I mean, I don't think it's a must, you know, that they that they necessarily win these next three games. What is important moving forward is that Alabama's guard play improves. Uh, you look at the last four games going uh, back, starting at the South Carolina game, uh, Alabama's 25 of 116 in their threes for 21.5%. Uh, so Mark Sears and Javon Quinterly and Jaden Bradley and Ryan Griffin, you know, March is all about guard play. And Alabama's, Alabama has the best player in the country in Brandon Miller. But like every other team, Alabama's going to go as far as their guard play takes them. There's been some questions about maybe it's time that uh, Javon Quinterly start instead of Mark Sears. So for me, Nashville is going to be all about getting the three-point shot back, getting the guard play going again, uh, and getting rhythm before the uh, the tournament. And uh, congratulations to Brandon Miller on being named not only freshman of the year in the SEC, but also SEC player of the year, well-deserved. He's also been named as a finalist um, for the Julius Irving Award as the top um, uh, small forward in America. But I just want to say something. Um, to the Naismith committee who left Brandon Miller out of the final 15, uh, and in doing so, they did it playing judge and jury. Uh, all I can say to you is uh, go out and buy yourselves a great big tube of KY jelly and shove your trophy where the sun doesn't shine. That's a freaking criminal sin. He's the best player in America. Stop playing judge and jury with an athletic award. You mentioned the guard play. I've had a few Bama fans hit me up. Just business is one of them. And said ever since the quote incident it has nothing to do with it that they're not playing well. I don't believe that. In talking to Chris, I don't believe that for a second. That's a real easy cop out answer. Um, not attacking my good buddy, this business. That's how basketball flows. I mean, basketball is like baseball. I mean, you you can be hitting three fifty, and all of a sudden you go into a slump. Right. Uh, same play with perimeter shooting um, in, in Alabama. You know, Chris Stewart has talked about this on the radio. Brian Pasek, uh, color commentator on Bama Radio, former great Alabama guard himself, has talked about you ebb and flow in shooting. Um, so Alabama has for the season has shot 34 percent from three point range. They're averaging 10 threes a game. They're far too talented of the shooters for this funk to continue. You just hope. Thank heavens it's reared its head now and not when we get to the NCAA tournament. So I don't think that there's any connection between those two things. They found ways to win. Now, kudos to Texas A&M uh, for the win last Saturday. They shot phenomenally from the free throw line. And, hey, they're a great, great basketball team. I don't make a connection between the two. I think that it's just a temporary thing with the three-point shooting. We'll get it back. They found other ways to win. Thank heavens Noah Clowney uh, and Charles Bediaco have been as strong as they are on the boards. It's just um, it's like a baseball batting slump, Bill. Those threes are going to start falling again, uh, and when they do, uh, the tide will be rolling. To the baseball team, Kevin Hagan with us, joins us every Friday. 
undefeated, which is hard to do. Now, I've had some say, yeah, Bill, the competition hasn't been all that significant. Well, it's still hard to win. Baseball is hard, and it's hard to continue to win. Talk about how well they play. No, it is. It is. I'll admit, Alabama baseball, 14-0, and the last undefeated team in the Southeastern Conference. I'm not saying they're the best team. Uh, the competition hasn't been great. Alabama uh, not getting to go to Pepperdine a couple weeks ago. Alabama's played 13 of their 14 baseball games in the friendly confines there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, but like you said, you know, it, it's hard to win 14 baseball games, and, and they've done it. And kudos to Brad Bohannon. Uh, the pitching's been great. You know, Ben Hess, Luke Holman, Grayson Hitt, uh, Jacob Maneri, those four starters uh, they all have really really strong eras ben hess is 184 uh, alabama has four players uh matt gassetti the drew williamson andrew pickney they're all hitting over 400 i mean the reality is gonna the rubber's gonna hit the road next saturday when alabama travels to gainesville florida to play the number six florida gators alabama's ranked 18th and from then on we're gonna find out what alabama's made of but you have to congratulate brad bohannon and these guys for going out and winning the games and remember one of the bugaboos about this team in the last couple of years is Alabama played well on the weekend and turn around and lose these midweek games, you know, to Samford and South Alabama and whatever. And they haven't been doing that. So um, this weekend they host the Columbia Lions from the Ivy League. Um, those are three winnable games, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out what we got when we get the games for. But I have kudos to Brad Bohannon for the strong start. Not that I have a historical dictionary in my brain regarding sec baseball I've, I've followed it casually for decades but not weekend to weekend until the last five years this league to me now looks deeper than ever oh this league is this is it this is an insane league which by the way you know alabama their best start ever was 15 and 0 back in 1997 they were the runner-up that year if Roberto Vaz doesn't step on a baseball and break his foot, I'll, I'll argue with anybody. They're the national champs that year. Alabama, at the SEC has nine teams ranked, Bill, in the top 25. And I've said it before on your show. We talk and we pat ourselves on the back about how great SEC football is. It's the king. SEC football doesn't hold a candle to SEC baseball. The level is intense. I mean, every weekend is just a grueling grind. SEC baseball, is, and it's amazing. I've had so many people tell me that they've quit watching the major league level game and they get hooked on SEC baseball because the quality of play is so phenomenal. And hey, you go watch any Friday night and most Saturday night games in the SEC, that starting pitcher is going to be a very, very high draft pick in the upcoming major league pets. It's just a phenomenal baseball league. Kevin Hagan joins us each and every Friday right here in this slot. Anything of note regarding football? Yeah, we finally found out when we're going to start spring football practice. Alabama, of course, going to be on spring break this next week. Monday, March the 20th, Alabama will begin their first of their 15 spring football practices. Uh, the first scrimmage will be on Friday, April the 7th, because of Easter weekend. Uh, Coaches Clinic scrimmage number two, April 15th, leading up to the A-Day. So I've had a lot of Alabama fans messaging me saying, when are we going to hit the field? We're going to get spring football practice. It's always great to see guys out there. I know there's some frustration. They haven't released the Uniform numbers for some of the new freshmen, uh, they released the uh, the weight changes, and it's funny how people can get so excited because somebody get lost or gained four pounds or whatever. But, yeah, Monday, March the 20th, we'll see uh, Alabama take the field with their two new coordinators to, uh, as I would say, begin the 2023 football season. You told me, and I had no idea, and I don't even know what your story is, that you have recently retired Jimmy Beheim. a story about him. 
Yeah, this is crazy, Bill. Um, so it, back in December, I was at 2008, Tate's Creek High School, where I went to high school and my boys went to high school. We were hosting a really prestigious uh, holiday basketball tournament and had a number of the top teams in the country. Uh, Kevin Stallings, son from Brentwood Academy, was one of the people there. So we, we brought a lot of top coaches in. Roy Williams was there. Uh, Billy Clyde Gillespie staggered in. Uh, and one of the coaches that showed up to scout a player was Jim Beheim. I was the president of the Booster Club. I looked up at the concession window, and there's Jim Beheim. And I'm like, hey, Hey, coach how you doing and, and and i said hey you know we got a hospitality room why don't you come sit he's like no nah, nobody I said, no come on come on come on and he, he he came and sat down so he sat down and when harley made the room he said hey why don't you join me so bill we sat there for an hour one-on-one -on -one, uh talking jim Beheim and myself reliving the greatness of big east basketball i mean you know john thompson Rolly massimino louis carnesecca uh, Bill Rafferty. I mean, if you remember in the 80s, Big Monday on ESPN was must-watch TV. And you know the old saying, I went to a fight and a Big East basketball game broke out. Well, at the end of the hour, he handed me his business card. And I thought, I ain't no big deal, right? So a couple of days later, I sent him an email. I said, hey, thanks for, you know, stopping by Chase Freak High School. It's an honor to talk to you. Well, he emailed me back. Well, we just kind of kept emailing. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but his second wife, Julie, is actually from Cynthiana, Kentucky. Uh, they, were, they were introduced at a 1994 derby party here in Lexington by none other than Rick Patino. Okay, Rick Patino's response, and Julie, by the way, is as gorgeous as, as Jim is kind of average. Well, we just kind of kept kind of emailing off and on over the years, and a couple of years later, they came back to visit Julie's family, and he contacted me and said, hey, I'm going to be in Lexington. If you're not busy, what do you say we hook up for lunch? And we met again for lunch to continue talking Big East basketball. So I mean, it's not like we talk real regularly. I haven't talked to him in several, several years. Uh, but, you know, when I hear people say, oh, he's a curmudgeon, whatever, nah, the Jim, the Jim Behind that I've gotten to spend some time with was a really funny guy with a really dry sense of humor that really loves his players. So congratulations to Jim Beheim on 47 seasons as the head uh, basketball coach at Syracuse. I just, I just can't imagine watching Syracuse games moving forward without Jim Bayham on the sidelines. But he was a really cool, humble guy. Bill. Good stuff as always, Kevin. Thank you. Have a great weekend as always, and roll tide.